This is David with Corel Trainer. This is Cassie Green from Apparelist. This is Gordon and Firemark from the Entertainment Law Update. And you're listening to Two Regular Guys Podcast. Hosted by Terry Combs RG, regular guy, and Aaron Montgomery. The place to be for industry news. The best dad jokes on earth, along with relevant topics to apparel decorating. So pass it away. All right, welcome into the show. It is Friday, February 9th, 2024. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery with our success group, and my mission is to inspire you to build a business that you love. And uh, today, Terry, we are going to be interviewing you. So I'm going to ask you to get up, change seats, and move over to the interviewer seat. Oh, wait. <laughs> spin my chair around. Seat. Yeah, you just <laughs> And now we welcome in Terry Combs as he spins around. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyhow, what, what uh, we had such a great conversation with Johnny Shell last week, Terry. That uh, and there were lots of really good questions in the chat that we didn't get to. And and I know you know you've learned a lot about DTF, right? We go back a few years ago, or I. I recall saying to you hey terry what have you heard about this dtf thing i hear all these people talking about it and he's like i don't know what is it (laughs) (laughs) i felt really stupid at the time (laughs) yeah i was like oh i figured that you might yeah but but you know that that's i mean that's how crazy this whole thing's been right we go from that place of not really know i didn't really know a whole lot about it either other than the fact that um you know i knew todd was doing some stuff with it and so i was just trying to gather as much information as i could and so we've come a long way since then. And, and honestly, now when I have a DTF question, I go to Terry. So this is a, a great, uh, <laughs> we've come full circle here. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. So I'm, I'm excited to, quote unquote, interview you, Terry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've gone from, I don't know, Aaron, what is it, to uh, doing uh, seminars uh, uh, on the subject. So, so that's here kind we of are. been our podcast journey too, right? Uh, that's how we started this podcast. I don't know what it is. Because I was, I asked you to do it and you said, well, what's a podcast? And I said, well, I don't really know, but here's what I know so far. (laughs) And And here here we are. are And, uh, you know, 11 full years. (laughs) 11 full years. Yep. Because next, is it? Yeah. Next, next Friday, we'll start our kind of, if you look at the the birthday of it, it was uh, February 12th, I think was, uh, was when we kicked off back in 2013. So next week's show will start the very first year of year 12. So there we go. That's wow. crazy. Anybody, uh, any, any new listeners uh, who are going back in the archive, uh, skip year one. Just, you know, <laughs> let me just tell you that right now. Skip year one and go straight to year two. <laughs> Hey, make sure you figure things out. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you stay till the very end and get your helping of the secret sauce. And today I'm going to stay on the DTF theme and share applying adhesive powder and curing DTF sheet films. That's nice. uh, that's a long title, but uh, for a short subject. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think that's going to be great. I cannot wait for that helping of the secret sauce and to uh, get into talking to you about uh, what you've learned about DTF over these last few years. Um, so normally here, guys, we would have the news segment, but I got a text message from Marcia Derryberry, who's now the 
uh, I, I guess her, I don't know her official title, but I'm assuming it's editor of Screen Printing Magazine. It, it, I'm sure I will screw it up. I'll say Marsha Derryberry, the editor of Impressions Magazine, but <laughs> she's the editor of Screen Printing Magazine now. So she's she's in her world. Um, anyhow, I got a text One of from those her. earlier episodes uh, of Two Regular Guys, you you would have said the editor of, uh, of Impressions Magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So she is back into... Uh, her her zone of greatness and uh, she has taken over over at screen printing magazine and uh so we're really excited to uh be talking to her we we were going to have her join us for the news here today and like i said i got a text from her that uh, she has uh, actually going to be um in a in a hospital this morning unexpectedly uh, i got a picture from her and i get text and she's doing okay but obviously not in any shape to uh be um delivering the news so we just want to wish marcia a speedy recovery as as it sits right now we do have her on schedule to join us next week so uh fingers crossed that she's doing much better and, and just yeah again wishing her lots of uh love light and a and a speedy recovery there terry so uh absolutely glad to hear absolutely. that uh, yeah, so I told her to keep us posted. So we'll we'll keep yeah. you guys posted and hopefully we, have we her next week. We've both Marsha for many, 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 many years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You've probably because she, I mean, she was around even before I was in the industry. You guys were both in the industry together. So you yeah, probably... absolutely. And, and I've been writing articles for the trade magazine since. Okay, here it is, 1990. <laughs> so I've known Marsha for a long, long time. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Do you want me to say what I was doing in 1990? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> I was a uh, sophomore in high school. Hey, I didn't say what. Hey, they had school newspapers in high school. Maybe I was, uh, maybe I was a school newspaper. Uh, yeah. No, I was, yeah. I, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not going to give Terry any more of a hard time. So, anyhow, with, with that. With that being said, yes, no news segment today. We will catch up on everything next week, but. Not to worry, we do have a dad joke. There may even be a bonus dad joke here. We were talking a little bit before the show. So why don't we hit that? Terry, are you ready to uh, bring us a dad joke? I read it for the first time this morning, and I actually laughed out loud. So I'm looking Very forward. good. Very good. <laughs> I am ready. All right, Aaron. Uh, did you know that not all math jokes are terrible? I didn't know that. Yeah, only some. For our podcast listeners... S U M sum. <laughs> See the sum. All right. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's you very to, good. You, you want to do your bonus joke? Or you want to say I, I will do the bonus joke because I and I do have to give another shout out. Um, I know I showed it. It's actually hanging on the wall, so I won't pull it down here. But uh, one of the regulators and and a good friend of mine, uh, Michelle Wilson, who's also in the Masters of Success group, saw this calendar that was a dad joke calendar, and and I got a really nice note along with it saying. When I saw this, I knew who I had to send it to. So, um, and then she did mention that there's a yoga joke in there, which is uh, perfect for my wife, Kyleen, because of uh, her rise, shine, smile yoga and that she's an instructor for. So I'm going to look over here. I'm going to read this next dad joke. Here we go. Terry, someone once told me that yoga is the best antidepressant available. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought about it. And I said, I don't know. It sounds like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Before we dive in, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We need your voices still. We would love to have... Uh, all the regulators participate uh, in our show intros. So go to decorators.inc forward slash, I'm sorry, dot ink, I-N-K forward slash intro. 
and read a few sentences to be a part of every show. And uh, we've gotten some already. Obviously, we're doing new intros uh, every week, but we'd love to have more. Uh, we are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys <laughs> to book a future episode. Or you can email us at info at two regular guys.com um, and uh, share your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. We would appreciate you giving us a review on all the different podcast uh, locations. We are everywhere. And so those reviews really help us out. So we'd uh, love it if you go out there and uh, give us a review. And if you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and questions about DTF printing. Yeah, looking forward to uh, having this conversation with Terry. And Terry, when you're doing the housekeeping section there, I hope I'm not distracting as I'm reading all the listener comments and giggling. And, and uh, of course, so. my eye, I do see a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize. But speaking of listeners' comments, though, let's uh, let's talk to some of the regulators here this morning. Good morning to Mo checking in early there this morning, and Rena. Uh, good morning from Las Vegas. She's still in Vegas. The uh, APA show happening over there in Las Vegas. They've been uh, so, something else is happening in Vegas. Just what? What the heck is? Oh, that's right. Go Chiefs! <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I, thanks a lot, Rena, for bringing up. Well, Rena's a uh, Niners fan, so uh, there might be some. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> yes, there's the that whole Super Bowl thing happening. Can we say that, or did I just uh, is the NFL going to be knocking down our door? I think I <laughs> yeah, just really. made a cardinal sin there. But anyway, so uh, Rena's over there for that, and I've seen a couple pictures of her and some of our friends, uh, Rena and Lauren, out there. Uh, I'm sorry, Betty and Lauren out with Rena, and uh, man, I'm I'm experiencing FOMO again. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, hopefully they're doing well. Martha Taylor, good morning, Martha. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Cindy King, good morning. We've got Craig checking in from Boston, Collegiate Press Wide Format. And uh, thank you, Ramona. We, I look forward to all of the great stuff that you share as well. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is where I started giggling, Terry. Ramona said, uh, 1990s, shakes head. I was in my 11 year of my first marriage. <laughs> I'm so young. <laughs> well, if I'm young, uh, Kim Johnson, she was in elementary school in 1990, Terry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so was Eric, as I see in the background here. So uh, <laughs> it's all relative, I guess. It's all relative. Exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> Terry's young at heart. So that's that's the important <clears throat> part. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. We got Ron checking in morning. Oh, some beers and coffee. That's an interesting combo. I like that, Ron. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy Picker checking in morning, dudes. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Uh, Dean Hudson. Dean, hello. Good morning. Thanks for checking in, man. Hopefully doing well. Uh, good to see you again. And uh, oh, so I was incorrect. Jan Callahan. She's the Niners fan. Uh, oh, that's Rena right. That's Rams right. She had her she had her Niners shirt on um, at uh, at the trade show in Long Beach. So there you go. All right, <laughs> I'm a Rams fan, right? Like St. Louis Rams, Rena? Is that <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl champion St. Louis Rams? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's still a sore subject here, by the way, folks. Just <laughs> FYI. Um, <laughs> you know, Aaron. Uh, speaking of football, too, I, I this, when you were talking about. Uh, uh, 49ers fans there's a there's a local decorator here in Phoenix who's a friend uh he, he's uh, he does 49ers uh fan shirts uh you know legal 49ers yeah. fan shirts 
And when uh, the 49ers played here and, and Kim and I have Cardinal season tickets and um, he was texting us, you know, from his seats, we were texting from our way better seats. But uh, <laughs> the 49ers group here in Philadelphia in, in Phoenix bought 450 tickets to the game. Wow. Wow. It's just crazy. You know, Phoenix is one of those teams where when you go to the game, there are more opposing team fans. Yeah. Than, than low than than Cardinals fans, it makes you feel bad, you know. But because yeah. it's such a melting pot, some people are from yeah. everywhere, and yeah. and they still well, just like me, you know, I'm the huge Chiefs fan. And it, what's funny is like when the Chiefs played here, um, you know, of course I have to wear my Chiefs gear, but all the rest of the time we're the Cardinals gear. And there's a real nice couple that sits next to us, and uh, they always have their Cardinals gear on. But when the Cowboys were here. Uh, the wife was just all decked out completely in her Cowboys gear, you know? So yeah. you, you, you support the local team unless your team's in town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Phoenix is just that way, right? Uh, now it's, it's changing now that it's, you know, kind of been a big city for as long as it has, but it used to be like when I was a kid growing up there, people were always like, Oh, where are you from? Like, Oh, I'm actually from Phoenix. And what? No, no. What, like, but where did you originally come from? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm actually <laughs> one of the few people that was born in Phoenix. Now it's changing quite a bit, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're that, that guy. Was, that, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like being in St. Louis here. Like, where'd you go to high school? Well, not in St. Louis. What? No, seriously. But where'd you go to high school here in St. Louis? <laughs> that's, that's the big <laughs> question here in St. Louis. Where'd you go to high school? Not here. Okay. Huh, All right. Well, Eddie checking in. Howdy from Tennessee as well. So uh, we, we've got uh, we've got the Where country Eddie covered. High school. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we I haven't seen Yosta <laughs> yet though. We we're not international quite yet. But uh, huh. Yosta, if you're checked in, let us know that you're there. But Terry, let's let's dive into this. Are you ready to yeah. uh, um, jump into? Let's let's talk DTF. Okay, perfect. So here again, we kind of explained this a little bit. The idea here is, you know, what's Terry learned over the last few years um, and, and that kind of thing. And so I think probably, Terry, the best place to start here is, and, and, and I know we talked a little bit about this with Johnny, but just to kind of reiterate and, and also kind of give your take on, you know, why you've really kind of seen the need for it and become an expert in it. You know, why DTF? What, what, what makes it so special? Why is it kind of taking over a lot of places? Not, not taking over. That's the wrong terminology. Why has it become so popular? It's, it's certainly a, a technology that's grown faster than anything I've ever seen. It's just yeah. uh, phenomenal. But, you know, uh, uh, several reasons. Uh, first, it's a very simple decoration method. You know, I, I teach screen printing classes, as everybody knows. And, and I tell people in the class, yeah, you're going to go home and print. But it's going to take you probably three years to be an expert because there's so many variables to the screen printing process, so many steps in the process. Yeah. This is just a really, really easy method, easy to apply, and you can apply it to almost any substrate. So, um, you know, it, it just makes it a lot easier there. And, and you can apply at a temperature range of 275 to 325 degrees, which means all those new man-made fabrics, all the wicking fabrics. And yeah. there, I haven't seen a fabric yet that you can't apply a DTF transfer to. So, but the biggie for me being a longtime screen printer and, and now a longtime DTG, uh, um, you know, participant as well, 
is there's no dye migration. And for, for all the embroiderers out there, let me explain dye migration. <laughs> um, when you print on a, on a cotton shirt, when you screen print or do a DTG transfer, or I'm sorry, DTG print onto a cotton shirt, hey, you print white ink, it's going to be white. As soon as you start getting into blended fabrics, like a 50-50, 50% mm -hmm. cotton, 50% polyester, what happens under heat is the dye on the polyester will release into the ink. So that 50-50 that red shirt that has a beautiful white print, the name of some middle school on it, when it comes at the other end of the dryer, it comes out from under your heat press, it's suddenly pink. That's called dye migration. Yeah. But the adhesive on DTF transfers blocks any of that dye. So you can do a, um, you, you can print those red polyester shirts all day long, 100% polyester shirts all day long with zero dye migration. So <clears throat> it's, it's dye migration is the scourge of screen printing to the point where screen printers, there's, a, there's additives you can add to your ink to lower the, the curing temperature just to try to avoid that. But it's, it's still difficult to avoid. But that, that's probably the, the big thing for people who are already decorating is, is no dye migration. And the fact that you can, uh, you can apply the transfer to, to anything. And, you know, uh, other items as well. You know, our, our good friend Jay Bissell, he uh anything he can get into a, a a heat press he will put a dtf transfer on <laughs> and so <laughs> he, he does those like those little notebooks you know um those little cardboard notebooks yep. for you know field books and things like that he applies to those he applies to the mesh on a hat which looks super cool uh just anything that he can get in a heat press he's put these transfers on it and they work at uh, coasters and uh you know, add to that, the washability is just incredible. And and I was one of those naysayers at the beginning. When I saw that transfer go down, I thought this has got to, this is going to be a novelty. This is not going to this is not going to wash well. Uh, wash is just like a screen print. Wash is just like a DTF print. It's uh, uh, you know, in my estimation, a permanent print. I know at, at Equipment Zone, they stopped doing wash tests at sixty washings. Well, 50 washings in our industry is a permanent print. So um, it, it's, it, it ended up being an incredible product. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, what I'm hearing and, and it's kind of from my knowledge of it too, it, it's the versatility of it in a lot of ways that has made it this fast growing um, segment of, of the, the printing and decorating marketplace. Is that right? And, and, and you, you don't have to have a, you know, all you have to have is good artwork. You don't have to have a lot of decorating skill. I mean, mm -hmm. there's certainly ways to that to improve the quality and and uh, you know there, there's a right way and a wrong way. Thanks to our friends on the internet, a lot of the wrong way out there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's a really really easy process to learn and and produce product. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's. Um, Dean Hudson said uh, my F twenty one hundred is printing DTF right now. Um, Kim Johnson shared, I print DTF almost every day with my F2200 and, uh, Jeremy, sorry. Yep. I, I misread <laughs> those, but, uh, Jeremy. Yep. Thank you there, Eric. Sorry. Um, 
Jeremy Picker said, uh, I've had many, so we're talking about die migration back with the, the screen printing processes. I've had many botched projects using discharge on polycotton in LA used to overdo their black CVCs. And three days later, when it showed up to the client, the print was red or a different color. Yeah. So that, um, like you said, it's the scourge of, of screen printing <laughs> at, at all yeah. levels. So <laughs> die migration and pinholes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. All right. Well, okay. So you, you talked about, you know, you kind of being on the, the naysayer side early on and, and, and I still, to this day, I was talking to somebody yesterday and you know, there's, it's always interesting. It's like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Where's that information coming from? Oh, really? That's somebody that their business is getting beat up by DTF. Okay. Think about that for a second. Right. But, <laughs> but let, let's talk about that. Right. Is it, it like are the end users, the people that are buying the apparel, getting these products, is there resistance to DTF garments? You know, um, that's interesting. And, and I mentioned this when we were talking to Johnny Shell as well. Uh, no. I think all the resistance has come from decorators and, and like myself, because I thought, well, I don't know if I like the look of it or the feel of it. Um, the, the end customer seems to have zero problem with it. Uh, and and I've talked, you know, I talk to people who run this kind of equipment every single day and and lots of especially screen printers are so surprised that their customers think, oh, no, that looks cool. I love it. And and so we were the ones that were, you know, digging our heels in. And <clears throat> I just got a uh, an email from a potential customer this past week. And she said, hey, I'm, I'm interested in DTG, but almost everything I do is 50 50. And then in all caps, but I don't want to do DTF transfers. And I thought your customer didn't say that to you. That's you. That you were me when I yeah. first saw this technology. So, yeah. um, and and I think that, uh, and I've, obviously, I've talked to a lot of uh, a lot of decorators about this subject, and and everybody's in agreement. I, I didn't I didn't love it when I first saw it, but my customers do. And uh, like like Kim said, she she's doing DTF transfers every single day on her 2270 uh, because of all the different substrates she does for her customers. You know, she goes from cotton to poly to everything in between. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that, that's interesting. Dean actually has a comment also here that says uh, the only ones to complain are the other screen printers that are not doing them. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> I think, you know, I think that kind of leads into where I also wanted to kind of ask you, right? Why is there so much misinformation on the internet? And, and at the, you know, I think a lot of it probably is to do with how new it is, but, but kind of dig into that a little bit more for us. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, as, uh, as you and I both always harp on, there's misinformation about all decoration methods, but <clears throat> the trick here is, is it's such a new technology that so many people don't really know anything about it. So uh, a lot of the misinformation is band-aids, you know, just like with every other decoration method, here's, here's the band-aid I put on to make this work. Yeah. Um, of course, on the internet, there's all those people that want to be the expert. They have, the, you know, they're, they're in one of the forums and all they can do, they spend their entire day answering questions and usually with a little bit of sarcasm and I always tell people in my classes, hey, listen, if you see somebody post more than five times a day, uh, they're not an expert because they're clearly not running a business. <laughs> if they have time to sit on the Internet and answer questions all day long. Um, 
or, or they have ulterior motives. You know, they're trying to, and, and I tell people this all the time, who, who is that person answering a question? Are they a decorator? Are they somebody who sells equipment? And they're trying to steer you one way or the other. So, um, you know, lots of reasons for misinformation. I, I, I think, uh, I think the the biggest thing that trips people up though is people posting their band aid for for making something work and and, and we're going to talk about some of those band aids as we get further into this conversation. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to that. But but yeah, that, I think you're so right on that that ulterior motive thing, right? Like um, the the big one, and and again, I, I get it, right? We don't probably at this point have enough information to really be 100% certain but the the concern about the powder and and you know the safety around that i mean you, you've told me this right you've been using this powder since the 70s exactly yeah it's uh, it's the exact same powder that we used uh, on on plastisol transfers, it's the same powder we people use today making plastisol transfers. If you buy a transfer from Transfer Express, well, they also do DTF now. But you know, in the past, all they did was was screen print transfers. Those transfers were actually screen printed onto that transfer paper, and while it's still wet, adding that powder adhesive to make it adhere better to the garment. So. You know, yeah. people were running around in circles screaming, the sky is falling. And I'm like, I think this is the same stuff I was using years yeah. ago. And yeah. then come to find out it was or it is. Yeah. And I think I, I think the the big question is, uh, from what I've heard, and this is just hearsay on my part. So, again, you know, until somebody actually does some real testing and, and steps in, we got to kind of understand that. But, you know, it apparently gets ground down a little finer to make the, yeah. the handle less and stuff like that. And so, yeah, exactly. it could be more airborne. I mean, yeah, I think anything that's, you know, kind of powder like that, that you chop up and sniff in lines, it's going to be detrimental to your health. Right. But it's so, yeah. exactly right. Whether you work in a flower factory or, you know, it's uh, uh, back years ago when all these garments were being made in the in the southeast U.S., uh, there were people who would get lung issues because they worked 40 years in a factory making cotton T-shirts, you know, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, all of it translates to just um, just be smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. OK, um, so, yeah, it, it just and also go a little, maybe this is just in general, I think with everything, right. This is how misinformation spreads is because we're not willing to go deep enough to go, okay, let's, you know, I always kind of say, well, a follow the money B right. Like what's the alternative mode. I'm not saying everybody's bad, but everybody's going to have their own lean or spin on it. That's going to, you said that earlier, right. It's the uh, ulterior motive. They want to kind of be the expert and, and they're going to tune it their, their yeah. way. So anyhow, you know, you know, Aaron, and, and I'll give you an example of that. There was one manufacturer of DTF printers that was using a liquid adhesive as opposed to a powder adhesive. Yeah. And they were they were preaching the dangers of powder adhesive. Well, the problem was that liquid adhesive system didn't really work very well. So what did they do? They went to a powder adhesive and all of a sudden. Oh, it's not the great Satan that it was, <laughs> you know, at the last trade show because yeah, yeah. oh now now we're using it too. So and, and that was just a total ulterior motive. Let's yeah. spread the let's spread the fear so everybody comes to our machine because our machine is the only one that has this uh, liquid adhesive system. So yeah, um, okay. You know. 
All right. Well, again, I I will take this way farther than it needs to go. So let's let's get into the meat of this here, Terry. I apologize for getting us off track, but um, all right. So you talked about the fact that as a screen printer, we probably need about three years to really become you know a, an, an expert in it. DTG, right? You got maybe a little bit of a learning curve here. What would let from your take and on what you've learned over the years, what's a realistic learning curve to be a, a quality DTF printer that you can be yeah. proud of what you're putting out there? Yeah, you know, and and I've been saying to people for several years now to be an expert DTG printer, 30 to 90 days, because there are some variables. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a, a, a bit of a learning curve on how to properly apply pre-treat. Uh, yeah. A lot of mistakes, a lot of misinformation out there about, uh, about pre-treat. And, and I'm going to put DTF in that 30 to 90 days and lean a little bit more towards 30 because there's, there are not very many components in the process, you know, and, and, and you're going to apply the, the transfers exactly the same way. The only difference is going to be in what temperature you're going to use. And, and so those are, those are little things to learn and just, just co totally compressing the number of variables in, in the process. So, you know, if you're printing DTF transfers every day, uh, 30 days from now or, or or 10 days from now, you're going to know everything there really is to know about the process. Now, that said, there's, you know, this is young. This is three or four years old. So we're going to be, you know, there are going to be more and more developments in this process. But yeah. um, it, it's very, very simple. So it's nice. it's an easy thing for people to jump in and do full color images the the trick and and i would say this about dtg as well is you have to have good artwork artwork is going to separate you from the competition so so you have to have dane clement is what you're telling me exactly <laughs> just kidding all right if you don't have dane clement just use whatever you have lying around all right um <laughs> sorry i go back to that old espn hockey commercial all the time and and nobody else has ever seen it except for me apparently um okay um <laughs> couple quick comments here from the regulators before we get too far away from them here um well i, I actually have can we go back even further and, and can i get completely off topic real quick yeah sure all right so jeremy earlier had, had mentioned why when he was in arizona in the early 90s why why you don't have as many um folks that are cardinals fans because there was not a team until the early 90s and so everybody had their you know broncos were definitely one it was the broncos and the cowboys when because yeah. i you know i grew up there for sure and that's what i always felt around my my schools and stuff like that everybody was either rooting for the broncos or the cowboys and so yeah now now jeremy's in denver and or in the colorado area rooting for the broncos again so anyhow all right like i said i was going to get a soft track but eddie later on says and, and I, I think this is the interesting part, right? We, we all have our preferences and, and our, our styles and what we like. And, and so you can't sit there and say, well, Eddie's wrong or, or somebody else is wrong. But the reality is we all have those preferences. So his preference is to me, DTF is better than DTG quality wise. Right. And so, um, you know, I think there's a place because then Kim said uh, DTF definitely has its place in the industry. However, not sure you can beat the feel of screen printing or DTG. Right. And so, again, what what's quality to you? Right. Like um, to me, yeah, DTF does typically have a little bit of a brighter white to, to compared to a DTG. But maybe, you know, it's the, the pretreatment. Like you said, there's that that 
everybody's got their own own level of what yeah. what quality is so do your customers love it right that's the question that you have to answer right and part of your responsibility is educating your customers on why they should love what you do <laughs> you know so and you know we we mentioned this uh, last week um uh, but uh, when we were talking to Johnny and and it was um one person said oh my customers don't like it and my my immediate thought was you're projecting that mm-hmm. on the customer. You're mm-hmm. you're convincing that customer that they don't like this process. I I yeah. think, um, yeah. and it's and if yeah, I agree with that. But if you really don't like it, then that's fine. But yeah. you know, not to again, then to go around and and bash everybody. I don't know that that that's where it starts to fall apart, right? Like, okay, well then that's fine. If your your customers don't like it, then make sure that you're. But guess what? I, I've seen a lot of people leaking customers because they think their customers don't like it. And they're going, yeah, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go get that <laughs> right. from somebody else. So they're like, see it, Aaron. They're gonna <laughs> Back away. All right. Um, let's see here. Okay. So we got that. Uh, Michelle's a Broncos fan as well. Excellent. What the heck? <laughs> You're surrounded, Terry. <laughs> um, okay. So um, both can, Dean can I, and- Can I make a Raiders comment? Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> just, just that um, somebody uh, posted recently that that the Chiefs are playing a postseason game in the Raiders' new stadium before the Raiders ever played a postseason game. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> sorry, Raiders right. fan. Not, not sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to get us back on track. Michelle says I just started DTF and my customers love it. But okay. So we mentioned earlier that Dean or Dean mentioned earlier, he was doing actually right as we speak, I believe on his F2100 uh, DTF prints. So Kim does says does daily on her F2270. Did I get that right? Okay. Yes. All the numbers and soup. I, I always, <laughs> I'm not close enough to it anymore, but talk to us about that then. How, how does DTF work on a DTG printer? You know, what, what, why would I not just go with a, you know, made for DTF? Well, and, and again, um, <clears throat> I'm going to mention screen printers again, who are, are folks who sell screen printing like the DTG feel better than, than DTF. But um, here's the beauty on a DTG machine is that most of them now, the software is, um, has a DTF option on it. So yeah. what does that mean? It means it, it prints in reverse order without you... You know, when we first started using DTG printers, we would have to, you know, print a CMYK, stop it, resend yeah, it the as a, yep. <laughs> yeah, with the white ink, and we had a we had a like a, I don't know all this all these steps that like we you, would get out to people. Rub your tummy, you pat it. your head. I think was part of that process too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But now, um, but now it's just an option. So it prints in reverse order. And it lays down less ink because you don't need as much ink with DTF as you do with DTG. So, yeah. uh, and, and here's here's what people uh, seem to be surprised about, and, and and I hear it all the time. Well, so I have to change out the ink? No, it's this, it, all you have to buy is film and adhesive powder. Yeah, it, it, everything else is the same. You use the exact same ink, and so all you do is select the the. Uh, and, and for anybody, by the way, who has an F twenty one hundred out there uh, at Epson, anyway, there's an upgrade to the software that has that DTF option. So if you're still doing that, the longer process, make sure you uh, you uh, get that upgrade from Epson. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, I, or any of your suppliers as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, I think uh, a lot of the other DTG machines have, I know you're, you're pretty in, into the Epson stuff, but I think I've heard some similar things from some of the other piece of equipment correct. out there. Yeah. Too, so, yeah. I, I think most everybody has the DTF option now. So whatever yeah. machine you're using, you know, reach out to your, your manufacturer, your, yeah. your supplier, and, and they, yeah. sh they could be able to, should be able to get that, uh, upgrade for you. But, but you know, the big thing is you don't have to buy anything extra. You can even use the same heat pressure you're using now uh, to cure those transfers. And and I'll talk about that in the secret sauce. So hang around. Okay. All right. I'm 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 excited about that. Um, so Ramona said earlier here when we were talking about kind of that that presentation, she says in your your approach and presentation of your product, you need to tell them what they see. In embroidery, I see the smallest bit bits and the customers don't generally see it unless I point it out. Love what you do and others will too. Um, and then Jeremy Picker said, I'm a screen printer for life, but been doing DTF for smaller projects that are higher color count, mainly for my son's yearly birthday t-shirt, but I find that <laughs> I never wear them back to screen printing this year. So again, it's, it's does come down to that, that preference. Um, and then yeah. Jeremy said the washability has been great with DTF over DTG in his opinion. And right. And, and I, I love that, right. That we're, we're sharing these things. Um, Cindy says, if there's a price point difference, I think customers would like the most economical, right. And sometimes some customers, some, some don't, right. It just depends on what they value and what, and what, how you're leading them and, and guiding them through that process. So, um, and, and you know, if you're out there buying transfers, you know, you're paying six, $8 for a full front transfer. If you're producing your own uh, on a DTG machine, you're looking probably $1.25, $1.50 uh, on, a, on a DTF printer uh, as low as 50 cents a square foot. So, yeah. and that's for everything, the film, the ink, the adhesive. So, um, you know, it can be very, very economical. When you're talking about 50 cents a square foot, you're, you're getting close to screen printing uh, costs, you know, screen printing inks are, are less expensive than that even, but, but you, all of a sudden you're getting down there where, uh, you can be competitive because a, a DTG machine, um, you know, maybe $2 for a full front image, unless you're going to get up into a $50,000 plus machine where it's going to be closer to a dollar for that full front print. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the 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 thing about a a two dollar print or a dollar fifty dollar twenty five print is uh, most of this work is for short runs and people are willing to pay more money to be able to get yeah. that full color image but but get seventeen shirts or seven shirts or one shirt yeah yeah exactly now the other thing that though that I think people I don't want to gloss over right we, we got to give them both sides of this not that there's a ton more time, but you know, you do have to factor in your time, right? You, you've added a step to the process, um, at least one step to the process. I mean, I, you've got pre-treat, but I can go buy a pre-treated shirt. Right. Correct. And, and so, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't do this a whole lot, isn't really set up for it, right? Okay. So now I've got to change the, the settings on this. I got to So th there could be more time involved. And so you have to understand that as you're, you're thinking about the costs inside of, of what you're doing. So, right. Exactly. Um, yep. And then Dean says also customers like the full color, which is hard to do screen printing on small runs. Right. So, yep. For sure. So, um, and then Eddie, Eddie made a comment here. I'm not going to say that I completely disagree with Eddie, but I, I would, I would, lead i would add to it if i can but eddie says the two driving force is cost for most customers and and i guess like i said what i would add to that is 
if you allow it to be, right? Like if that's the only reason a customer is choosing you because of the cost, then you've got to look at how you're presenting your perceived value. What makes you unique? Why would they do business with you? So anyhow, that's a soapbox I'll get on if I, if you guys. <laughs> well, and, and, <laughs> I, and I agree, uh, Aaron, that um, I, I think that, uh, well, an example that I give in my classes is people will drive across town for two for one milk, but they'll pay a premium for a, a shirt that, uh, that they can relate with or, or they want to identify with. And, and, you know, it's it, back to that old story of uh, uh, did I know how much it cost to make those Rolling Stones t-shirts when I went to the merch tent? Yeah, I knew how, I knew how much it cost. Did I pay $40 for a, a, a t-shirt? Yeah, it was the stones. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, it's finding the right customers as well. You know, yeah. if, so, if, if you're finding the customers that are, that are nickel and diming, they're, they're, they're customers in your same town who are willing to pay a premium for a premium yep. product. Yeah. Yep. You're gonna have to change that story though, Terry. I don't think the stones really carry, you, you, maybe just say Taylor Swift or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Let's get back on track here. I apologize. Um, okay. That was probably trademark infringement also. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I'm a big trouble today. Uh, um, <laughs> All right, so I think this came up as a question last week, and we didn't get a chance to get to it with Johnny, but but I could be remiss, maybe not. But this is this is the question, right? I've heard a lot about this whole white versus black adhesive power powder. Tell me why, which which should I pick, and what? I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, and it's funny because just last week Kim mentioned to me that on one of the forums she spends a lot of time on forums, you know and uh, helping people out with DTG and stuff like that. But, but she asked me because people were talking about, well, I use black powder for this and white powder for that. And uh, I'll tell you why there is black adhesive powder. It's a Band-Aid for people who aren't doing the process correctly. So here, here's what happens with the white powder. You, you apply the white powder to your, uh, to your wet ink. You cure the, the, uh, the film. You apply it to the shirt, and there's all these little white speckles all over the shirt. Well, that's adhesive that has stuck to the film. So a couple of things, uh, you know, you, uh, you've not gotten the moisture out of the film beforehand or you haven't, you know, shaken it so that all the, all the adhesive falls off. So black powder came about because people doing black T-shirts, this is a Band-Aid. So if, there, if any of that black adhesive stuck to the, the film, then you don't see it on the black shirt. So... That's why you see both. And, and you know, we, we were joking the other day about, I guess we could have every color of powder. Oh, you're doing uh, lemon yellow shirts. So here's, here's the lemon yellow adhesive powder. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just... You could just do the film correctly. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I, uh, my first thought was, why don't we just have clear? But then dye migration happens. Oh yeah, true. I guess it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I don't know. I, just a guess. <laughs> okay. Maybe that'll be a new product. <laughs> there you go. I, if anybody, uh, so can I trademark that and just to make sure that they send me royalties if you come out with a clear adhesive pack? No. All right. Um, USPTO.gov. That's the United <laughs> yeah, just a, the trademark office. <laughs> yeah. Eric, can you put the show on hold? I need to run. Uh, all right. um, we yeah, got lots more questions you. here, Terry, and I'm I'm getting keeping us off track. But um, okay. 
so speaking of other challenges, right, that band-aids or whatever, what, what causes blotches in the images after it's applied? And, and maybe explain yes. what, what that is, too. Yeah, sometimes a, a print, especially if the big area of a single color, it'll almost look like a watermark in, in the ink. Mm. Same situation as with the uh, the black and the white powder. The, the film will uh, absorb, absorb moisture. And because th there's a coating on the film that that attracts your water-based ink well it that that coating will also attract water out of the air and so what will happen is when you print over that moisture in the film when you apply it it almost like washes out the color a little bit in the areas of the shirt so it's really a matter of getting the moisture out of your film and that's one of the things we've learned in in the short history of dtf printing is is that, hey, that film is attracting moisture and we need to get rid of that moisture before we print the, the garment, before we add the adhesive. So that's a, that's a pro tip for you that a lot of people don't realize. I talk to people yeah. every other day who are having that issue and don't realize that that film has, because you don't see it, but, yeah. uh, but there's moisture in the film. And I'm okay. going to talk about in the uh, secret sauce how to get rid of that moisture okay all right yeah <laughs> I, man I'm, I'm jumping ahead then yeah because that's what i'm thinking like okay we would film onto a inkjet printer so we obviously need moisture in the air for that inkjet printer to work correctly right that proper environment but your exactly. film has to be the opposite of that it needs to be dry oh okay that's secret sauce I, i'm i'm excited um, <laughs> <laughs> all right well so okay then what's the best way to apply dtf transfers yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, people's methods vary a little bit, but generally what we're going to do is we are going to heat press for 15 seconds at medium pressure. Uh, and uh, it, it depends on the uh, the substrate you're printing on or you're applying to the, the temperature. So cotton's going to be at the high end, about 325. Polyester's going to be at that at 275. Um, and, but, uh, you know, and, and, and you're going to have to experiment to, to get the ideal, um, the mm -hmm. ideal, uh, yeah. press time. But, but after you peel the transfer and if it's a cold peel, you know, wait a minute and peel it off. And what a lot of people do with cold peel is they'll press it for 15 seconds, take it off, press another one, take it off and stack them up and then bring them back over, peel it. You want to press it again for another five seconds. Some people go as much as 15 seconds, but but here, here's the pro tip. It, rather than just pressing it, um, lay a sheet of Pellon or an old T-shirt or some kind of fabric on top of that, that transfer before you press it. And when you peel it away, that it's going to soften up the look of that transfer. It's not going to look as plasticky because you're giving it texture by having a sheet of Pellon or a sheet of fabric on top of it. And yeah. it, it really makes a difference in the print. That second print really uh, came about because um, people were, uh, you know, if you're going to have any peeling at all of that transfer, it's going to be because when you pulled that sheet off, maybe you've picked the transfer up a little bit. So that second hit was for that. But more than anything now, it's to soften up that image by having some kind of fabric on top of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And and I think it was uh, Mike, maybe uh, for last week also mentioned uh, using embroidery stabilizer as a as a yeah. uh, you know cover sheet. And then uh, Johnny brought up T-Seal, 
which uh, interestingly enough, I, I was talking to a friend of mine this week and he reminded me that that T-seal actually um, kind of showed up on the scene in the white toner days as a way to oh, deal with the, the, the kind yeah. of stiffness of the white toner. So yeah, that's an interesting uh, um, take on that. So, um, okay. So, and, and just to kind of clarify for everybody, anybody that just kind of jumped in late too, when, when we talked about applying there, Terry, you were talking about after the transfers printed, the, the powder has been on and the powder gets kind of, I don't know, gelled. Is that the, how would you describe yeah, it, it what happens before it, we then it transfer? Melts. It melts. Okay. The, the powder melts. Yeah. And, and I know you're going to get into that in the, in the secret sauce here. So I'm not trying to get ahead, but I just want to make sure everybody understands that there's these, you know, these yeah, steps that you, occur before. You're exactly right. We're talking about physically taking that transfer and applying it to the garment, whether you printed it yourself or you bought it from, right. you know, one of the thousand people out there now selling uh, DTF transfers. Yep, for sure. Okay. And then we kind of, I started on this journey early, but I think this is a good way to start wrapping us up here. Um, yeah, this is the big question, right? Uh, is adhesive powder and the, the the vapors from it safe? What, what give us what you know, again. Where, where... Here, here's, here's what I know. Uh, and, and as you mentioned before, it, the adhesive powder is the exact same powder that screen printers have been using for decades. It's a little more finely ground, which means, yes, it could lift up. And if if you vigorously shake a transfer while it's the, it still has the powder on it, yeah, you can get up into the air, but mm -hmm. here, here's what I've found uh, and, and searching and searching and searching, preparing to do a, a, a seminar. And yep. it says the fumes can cause eye, skin or respiratory irritation or potential allergic reaction in some people. So, you know, it's the, it's not the great evil. Uh, what uh, I, like in, in Kim's shop, she has one of those, um, one of those uh, little curing ovens to to cure her um, the to dry the the or melt the film melt the um, let me rephrase that melt the adhesive powder on the film. <laughs> I want to melt the film yes <laughs> yeah so she's got one of those two hundred and fifty dollar uh, ventilation devices that you buy from Amazon over top yeah. of the vent on top just you know just to yeah. just to to pull it out of the air so yeah. you know it, it's it's a matter of using common sense. Uh, more and more of this adhesive powder is Oecotech certified, which means that it's safe to use on even children's apparel. So um, I, I think a lot of this, uh, a lot of this, the great evil was two things. Uh, one, companies who did, who were using a different math method and trying to scare people away. And uh, there, there's another one where... Um, People were getting scared because one of the, um, well, I'll just tell you, it was Epson. <laughs> Epson was cautioning, cautioning people about the adhesive powder. And so everybody took that to mean, oh, that's dangerous. You don't want to use it. Here's what they were warning about. People were putting the transfers, um, people were putting the transfers on, on the machine, printing them, and then sprinkling the powder oh, while it was on the machine. And that powder was getting inside and gumming up the work, so to speak. Yeah. And so what their warning was, don't do this right there on your machine. And, yeah. and 
the translation was, oh, that stuff's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is bad if you get it inside your DTG printer. <laughs> yeah, so. well, just, just like the pre-treatment, like don't pre-treat on your machine, right? Same thing. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that clears up a lot of things, yeah. And of course, yeah. you know, I said to the product manager over there, I'm like, somebody really did that? And he's like, Terry, you know they did. <laughs> <laughs> if there's it absolutely a way to, happened. to do it wrong, somebody's out there doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, Eddie said earlier, I do mostly embroidery, but started offering DTF for the ones that wanted jacket backs due to the cost, you know, $100 for embroidery, $25 for, for DTF, right? And so, um, yeah, there, there's there's definitely, again, uh, Kim said it earlier, there's a there's a place for all of this. And, and I think this we've always said this terry these are tools in our tool belt right you you're a exactly. you're a product decorator you're trying to bring your customer's vision to life and then you're the expert on the best way to get there whether that's embroidery dtg D, uh, dtf screen printing sublimation whatever um you know you, well, you know you have all these it, tools it, it's just things. like when uh dane clement was on our um a podcast recently and he's he said you know when i saw this ai artwork being yeah. done he goes i said you know, say it ain't so. And then I thought, you know, it's the future. So I embraced it. Yeah. That's what everybody needs to do. Yeah. Embrace, I think that's embrace new technology. For sure. And I, I think that's what Eddie's saying. Right? He's embracing that because, you know, he's got customers that, that need that. And if he can make that work in his business, then, then awesome. And, and Dean's been uh, on me to, cause I've got an F2100, but it does not, uh, poor thing is a little bit lonely at times, but, and I do make some, but I, I just, yeah, it's not my, everyday thing he said i told aaron he needs to start doing dtf over a year ago and start using his machine i do occasionally but uh <laughs> i wonder if that powder and stuff goes bad is that a thing the powder is that in, yeah oh i don't think so i, I, I can't say, imagine I, how yeah i'd have because i've had some for a long time <laughs> when, when it shows up in that cocaine looking brick right and then you go okay I always uh, laugh when, when you know equipment zone buys this buys it by thousands of pounds of it but there's I, I always wonder what happens when it goes through you know the uh, customs and customs, and it's yeah. 2.2 kilo bricks of <laughs> of bags yeah. you know yeah. and and cases and cases of them or i think when <laughs> they're like randomly cutting them open you know tasting it <laughs> yeah 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 all right uh kim johnson said vastex is coming out with a powder shaker the p uh, tf 100 the powder adhesive is contained within the unit it will be at the dtf expo there in phoenix on february 23rd through the 24th yeah i'm bummed man that's a it's a bummer that they they picked that date because uh, i'd like to be at both but uh, dax is also that same weekend it's so. the exact same time exactly yeah, yeah. It's um yeah but, They'll, they'll get it together here. Everybody's kind of figuring things out here. Um, all right. Marianne says, I specialize in embroidery. Let my friends do their screen printing. There's plenty of work for everybody. Love that abundance mentality, Marianne. Thank you. All right, Terry. Well, I've got a ton more questions, but I know you're going to give me uh, the answers in the secret sauce. I've been trying to pull it out of you, but you've held on. So <laughs> stay tuned for secret sauce. But uh, speaking of uh, staying tuned, what... Uh, What's happening out in Terry's big book of travels there? Where, where can people right. find you? Screen printing is still a thing, everybody. Everybody relax. Uh, my <laughs> next Chicago you, you class. You still fill up your classes, right? still yeah. fill up. In fact, the, my class at Atlas Screen Supply, March 9th and 10th, was uh, sold out, but uh, they just had two, can two people cancel. So there's two spaces left in that class for March 9th. 
Uh, my class here at Workhorse Products is May 4th and 5th. So if you want to, May is a really, really good time to come to Phoenix. I'll tell you mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be uh, speaking at Impressions Expo at Atlantic City with my presentation. Everything you've heard about DTG and DTF printing on the internet is wrong. That's going to be Friday, March 22nd. And all my upcoming events, uh, you can find at terryconf.com. Don't call me on Sunday at 4 o'clock. Um, mountain time because I'll be cheering <laughs> on my Chiefs. All right, all right. Is that where right. the two people uh, canceled in Atlas? They found out you were a big Chiefs fan, or could could be, could yeah, be. Could be. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, as I mentioned, uh, yeah, not going to be able to make the uh, the DTF Expo. Would love to get out to any chance to go to Phoenix in the and in, in this time of year is always a, a good time. I, like like you mentioned in May in Phoenix, I, this is the way I always described it. The weather's so nice. You don't even know there's weather. It's just like a <laughs> perfect temperature. <laughs> um, so I will be at Dax, Kansas City, though, over that weekend. Fundamentals of uh, pricing your printing and the fundamentals for small business growth are the two seminars that I'll be uh, presenting out there on Friday, February 23rd. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to go fix the outline because I've got 2023, but it's actually 2024. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Impressions Atlantic City is uh, another stop for me that's official here. On March 21st, I will be talking about um, elevating your business with AI harnessing chat GPT for generative marketing. And um, that's happening oh, on the 20th. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a quick moment at the beginning to just praise Skynet <laughs> and then uh, dive in. Um, and then uh, on the 22nd, I'll be teaching how to master pricing, making your business unstoppable. Uh, and then uh, I'm also really excited to be heading out to all the Graphics Pro Expo events. Um, so I will be there Saturday, March 9th, and uh, from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And we're kind of still tweaking the description a little bit, but it's, uh, it's my pricing seminar that we'll be doing there as well. And uh, so I'm looking forward to being out at in in Irving. Um, my my book of travel got really busy when I didn't expect it to. So, which is awesome. I appreciate it so much. Um, and then I've been talking a little bit about this, but uh, FBS Live. Uh, we're actually calling it the Fundamentals Live. It'll be an opportunity to kind of teach the book, and uh, it is officially happening June 7th and 8th. All the details are are done. I just promised some people that they'd get first crack at the seats because we've only got 40 seats available and the interest is pretty high. Um, but if you want to head over to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash OSG fundamentals and join that group, uh, you'll be on that kind of early list. We'll, we'll announce it officially to the public either Sunday or Monday. We're, we're trying to give people a chance, like I said, to, to get their spots just in case. Um, and then, uh, we will allow signups to, to start happening. And, uh, and I'm super excited about it. I just uh, got all the details kind of put together and, and just thinking about it and, and envisioning it all happening. And wow, <laughs> it's going to be super cool. It, so, and uh, looking at it this morning uh, with the, the, the early glimpse, it looks like a massive undertaking on your part. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, uh, and, and I, the, the help I've gotten from the, the rest of the fab four. So speaking of that OSG live happens every Wednesday morning, I, I'm skipping ahead here, Eric, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's a, a collaboration with Tanya and my wife, Kyleen and Becky. And uh, so they've been calling us the fab four. So they're the ones also helping me with uh, the fundamentals live. And uh, yeah, so it has been a big undertaking, but the support has been, incredible and i appreciate uh, i shared it with eric and terry just 
I was pretty proud of what we pulled together. So <laughs> I appreciate you saying cool. that, Terry. Um, <laughs> and then last but not least, right, this is all coming out of the book that was published um, on the very last day of the <laughs> 2023. So if you want to go check that out, go to osg.link forward slash biz book. You can see it right over my shoulder there. There's a few of them on the counter. But uh, yeah, so that's what I've got coming up. And then uh, Eric is uh, also keeping himself busy here. So uh, he has got the take up today in uh, episode 181, and it's the importance of scale. How do you set up scale, know how and when to size, and deal with the physical limitations of the stitch? So uh, Eric's take up is all about to kind of the, the depth, the really deep. Uh, I mean, it's literally a masterclass every Friday afternoon typically an hour and a half, maybe sometimes a little longer of just really good depth of what, what digitizing and embroidery and, and really understanding embroidery at a deep level. So uh, he's going to discuss all about how to establish, understand, and deal with scale and embroidery. So if you'll head over to ericcampbell.com and click the take up tab at the top for all the episodes, you can join in at 2.30 Mountain Time today, or you can go watch all of the past episodes there at ericcampbell.com. And um, we will get to see Eric out at DAX uh, coming up uh, on February 24th. He's going to be teaching vintage values in machine embroidery and also digitizing details. So uh, make sure you, uh, are, if you're in the Midwest area there, come on out and see us. Uh, go to DAXshow.com. Um, it's it's shaping up to be some really good shows this year. They've uh, Great. got some new folks helping out over there at DAX. Um, as well as, as Scott and Margie still moving things forward. So um, I'm really excited to see what 2024 brings for the DAX shows and uh, don't have FOMO like I've had the last couple of days. So. <laughs> you, you know, Aaron, uh, somebody commented to me, hey, what's up with DAX? They're all over social media. And I'm like, they've got some new help over there that's, uh, yeah. yep, <laughs> that's kind of yep. bringing them into the 2023s and 2024s. Yep, yep. <laughs> for sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good one. So um, if you can... Check that out and in, in, out in Minnesota and out in Chicago land area. Tinley Park is well coming up, but we'll get to that when we get a little closer. So, all right, Terry, I know I've been jonesing for it. Everybody else has been jonesing for it here. We need the secret sauce. We're hungry. You ready? All right. Let's do some secret sauce. All right. Today's secret sauce, applying adhesive powder and curing DTF sheet films. So let's talk about DTF transfers printed as single sheets on a DTG printer. Before you print, you should preheat your film uh, to drive off any moisture. So why drive off the moisture? The adhesive powder can stick to it and transfer to your shirts as white specks around the image or, or the, uh, the areas that look a little washed out in your print as well. Uh, you can do this by Closing your heat press to uh, to heat up the bottom platen for about 30 seconds, pop it open and just lay that sheet, unprinted sheet on the hot platen for five to 10 seconds and you're good to go. Once you print the transfer, it's time to apply powder adhesive. There are two options, either a cut sheet um, uh, automatic powder shaker or applying adhesive powder by hand. An automatic powder shaker is an enclosed unit where you stand the film on an angled board, the powder drops from the top onto the film and the board vibrates to remove the excess adhesive. These products are fairly new, so watch for developments in this technology over, over the coming year. 
most single sheet film decorators still powder by hand. So for this process, buy a shallow tub bigger than the film at uh, Target or something like that. And so if you're doing uh, 14 by 16, your tub needs to be a little bigger than that. You're going to lay the film in the bottom of the tub. And with a flour scoop, you're going to pour adhesive across one end of the film. You're going to pick up the film from that end and lift it up and let the adhesive uh, roll down the film. The adhesive uh, slides down the film and it sticks to the wet ink. And then you're going to just tap the back to release any excess ink. Uh, there are four options for curing the printed, uh, printed and powdered transfer. So let's start with the least expensive option. You can use the heat press you already have and uh, to, to, to cure your transfers. So like before, close the press for 30 seconds, delay the transfer on the heated platen for 90 seconds. Now you can hover to hold in the heat, but it's not required. By hover, I mean put the, the uh, heating element over the transfer. Speaking of hovering, uh, this is not a reasonable method for curing transfers. Since heat presses are a contact heat source, they radiate very little heat when not in contact with the substrate. So just ho hovering over a film could take six, eight, ten minutes to cure. So it's not really a practical way. You need to heat up that bottom platen. You can cure the same way for 90 seconds using a, a bottom heated platen, which means a platen that actually has heating elements in it. Most heat presses on the market have a bottom heat element option, usually in the seven $800 range to add that to your heat press. The next option is a small curing oven with a drawer. Generally, these devices will cure a film in about a minute. They do require the same power as a heat press, so keep that in mind when you plug it in. If you're shopping for a curing oven, check to see what the maximum film capacity is. Many DTG printers can print up to 16 by 20 films. So make sure that the curing oven you buy is big enough for that size film. Many of them on the market are smaller than 16 by 20 inside. The last method is to run the film down a conveyor dryer. If you're a screen printer, you would need to speed up the belt substantially to keep from melting the film. With all these methods, testing with your own equipment is the best practice. So how do you know when the film is cured? The adhesive layer will have melted and have an orange peel finish. It will not be orange. Let me say again, it will not be orange. That's based on many, many phone calls saying, hey, mine didn't turn orange. It's just going to have the texture of an orange. So curing DTF transfer single sheets. That's my secret sauce today. All right. I had to get napkin. That was delicious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Good stuff there, Terry. That, that, uh, that changes a lot of uh, my thinking. So uh, maybe awesome. Dean's going to talk me into doing more of this. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. Well, Terry, what a great show today. Thank you for all the wonderful information. Uh, hopefully everybody got a lot out of that. I think you just got a, a, a master class in DTF there. So Terry, great job on uh, not only sharing all that, but putting this show together and, and it, sharing everything that you've learned over this short period of time when it comes to DTF printing. So appreciate that right. very much, Terry. Absolutely. It's short history. I appreciate that. And we also want to thank our show producer, Eric Campbell, for turning the knobs and pushing the buttons and keeping us on track. Thank you, Eric. Yep, definitely. We really appreciate you, Eric. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, Eric, or, or Terry and Eric, um, man, season 12. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Wow. 
Uh, thank you so much to everybody who's listened uh, in for these 535 episodes that we're, we've gone through here. And uh, so, yeah, next week is 535. And we're going to this came from our, our uh, 10 things we wanted to see. We were talking about, you know, getting some new people into the education space, into the seminar space. And and you had mentioned, yeah, there's probably not enough how to. Right. I, I think, you know, I utilized you. We've kind of worked off of each other to to help grow our own skills and and you know eric brings his certain uh skill set when it comes to developing a a training education program so uh, we're gonna we're gonna uncover we're gonna reveal some of our secrets here next week and talk about how to prepare um we're, we're calling it how to prepare a trade show seminar but really just how to prepare kind of an educational um presentation right at, at the end of it terry exactly. that's what we're going for so um we're, our hope is is that if we share enough of this information we'll start seeing some new fresh faces out there sharing their knowledge so um we're going to have all three of us on screen next week and i'm really looking forward to doing that with you guys uh, me as well and and uh we can check off one of those things from our list <laughs> until <laughs> then i'm terry combs he's Aaron montgomery and that was the two regular guys here we go we're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.